the very core of my being is fangirl. I do not read just one of anything that I like. Like, I just collect the whole set. And so one of my favorite writers of all time started what is known as the decadence movement in Paris, uh, which essentially he wrote a book about this fop that gilded turtles and installed a... Uh, gilded uh, turtles? Yeah, he gilded... That sounds horrible. It, he's a horrible man. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, like, Were they alive? Yes! <gasps> See, that's the thing is that he gilded... So it's a fake person. It this killed is, them, though, right? This is a okay, so it didn't really movie. happen. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. This is, all right. But all right. he wrote he a wrote comedy series... Still terrible. ...about um, a man named Desascent. And Desascent was just a crazy person that would stare at wallpaper for long periods of time and collect plants that looked like uh, sexually transmitted diseases. And he... What does uh, this STD look like? Like, well, that's the thing is that, like, but it, he lived in Paris in the 1880s, and so LSD. collecting... <laughs> that's happening. Yeah. But one wallpaper. Of, really yes. depends on the STD, Megan. <laughs> Sometimes it's like bumps. Sometimes it's little creepy crawlers. I like to think he looked at the creepy crawlery ones. Either way. Okay, so speaking of uh, book, this Wait. is such a random segue. My what? friend has been collecting uh, Nancy Drew books. Mm-hmm. She's like, I even have a really rare one that's in Braille. And I said, does it have like a picture on the cover? <laughs> like, No. Because they don't see a picture. But I was like, maybe it's marketing to like a friend that might buy it. Like, I don't know why. I it could this. be embossed. The image could be This embossed. feels like Nancy looking over a tree. You you were saying about... Vaginas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Are we ready to thing. start? Are we ready to start? Yes, yeah, please. we should probably okay. actually start the show. <laughs> Secretly timid. You sound so excited to be here. I look forward to this all week long. This is the highlight of my week. Does it just fill your genitals, make them engorge with excited blood at the idea? Wow, right <laughs> off the top. Oh, yep. Let's go. I, mean, I think I should go ahead and set the, thema- it's gonna yeah, be set the thematics time. appropriately. Let's get right as, to as it, shall possible. we? Yeah. It's going to be that kind of day. I mean, it doesn't take a lot, I'll tell you. To- Sorry, or you have little tiny ones that don't take a lot of blood. That's an important clarification. Thank you for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Ryan>. mm. uh, <laughs> don't hurt yourself thinking about this. Okay. Are you trying to engorge right now? Does this seem like it's a lot of late. blood? The word engorge really does kind of like steal the conversation unto itself. So. Accurate. Ugh. All right. Well, fuck. I'm uh, I'm Megs, and I'm here with uh, John. Oh, she's engorged. And Otiano. Sup. And special return guest Ryan. Hello. Hey. And special first time guest Nezu. Oh, excellent! You got it on right on the first try. Excellent. <laughs> I am also. I'm as surprised well, as you. My grandma's name is Nezu. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's easy <laughs> to remember. Do you spell it the same way? <laughs> Grandma Nezu. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, uh, I guess we should just go ahead and start with... Uh, well, why don't we just... 
yeah. talk about the song of the week yes, first. Yes, good job. The song of the week this week is by a band named Palm Poco. It is called My Work is Full of Art. And their debut album called Birthday was released on the 22nd via Bella Union. Ooh, Bella Union. That's a good label. Yeah, we Cocteau know. Twins. Uh, Lift to Experience. Or Lift, Josh T. Yeah. Pearson is on uh, Bella Union. Who else? A uh, band of... Horses? Father right? John Misty, oh, maybe? Yes. They just signed someone that I love. Innocence Mission. Ooh. Yep. They, They're from Maryland. Pennsylvania. <laughs> they live in Pennsylvania now. Oh, okay. I believe you. Um, <laughs> they're very Catholic. Oh, my God. Aren't they ever? Uh, what is it? Um, but they're like sweet, innocent. Don. Don. Uh, Don is, and Karen Paris. Yeah, yeah. I love them. He Did gives you know a. I know I don't know him. Oh. Uh, he gives guitar lessons, though. You can just like. Yeah, he releases just guitar solo CDs. They're really pretty. Yeah. You can. Uh, they play in their Catholic church or whatever, but but you can just. Just go hang Yeah, out. like kids. Kids pay him to do guitar huh. lessons that's cool so uh yeah good label very yeah. good label. Yeah, yeah yeah i didn't know that they were with bell union now now they are yep oh my oh my <laughs> well good night <laughs> uh why don't we go ahead and have you introduce yourself and tell us all about you Hi, I am a local Dallas game developer, and I actually live and breathe. And a lady. And a lady. I and an illustrator. And an illustrator. Oh, I'm a jack of many trades, mm-hmm. and I have female genitalia. What? <laughs> so you mean Jill of many trades. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jacqueline? Oh, I like that much better. Okay. Let's see here. So yes, but what I do for a living, what I am gainfully employed, salaried doing is programming and animation mm-hmm. uh, for uh, children's edu games, mm-hmm. uh, math content. Yeah. And then what I do for fun is make the weird stuff. Nice. Like what? Well, see, that's the thing is that I try and tell people that are trying to get into a studio that they shouldn't treat a studio gig like they're Superman. They should treat it like they're Clark Kent and then go home and do the weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But, and you so, gotta, you gotta calm it down a little bit. Well, you shouldn't blow all of your uh, uh, create. Yes, you shouldn't blow all of your yeah. creative load at work. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't get all of your creative validation right when there is because this is the thing is people think game development should be so magical, mm. but the really like the the truth of the matter, the heat of the meat is that. You get a spreadsheet, and you just make manifest the assets on the spreadsheet, and mm. it's just a queue of troubleshooting. I like how he said, blow your load and heat of the meat. Heat of the meat. Is <laughs> yeah. And gorging Megan over here. She listens to this podcast, That's so she true. knows. She knows the vernacular. She knows our uh, audience. And yeah. that you're getting engorged from game development. Yeah. Well, heat of the meat know. is going to be the we title of this episode. Okay, good. Write that down. That's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. No, y'all are engorged. Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't are matter you if it's do like an ET touch finger <laughs> thing. Like, ouch. <laughs> good. And make sure it glows. Okay. Like a little glowworm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, game development. Yes. Is this, uh, is this the first kind of game development you've done professionally, or were you in a different category before? Yes, this is the very first game development gig. I consider my career, the whole thing, to be a troubleshoot. Like, the, I started in 
pizza delivery and I worked for CPS and Walmart at the same time mm. while I freelanced. And I always worked in animation. And I think I said this to you before is that I, I learned math and I learned programming to keep animating. Because when you're delivering pizza, when you're waiting tables, you have to wake up every morning and look at yourself in the mirror and go, I'm an animator. <laughs> you have to. Yes. Like, because it takes, it took. Or me, you'll kill yourself? Well, it took six <laughs> years for me to get permanent, uh, a permanent gig. Right. And my husband is on year 10 and still gets, he will get a feature film gig. But it's not permanent. Like it'll, he, he will get cycled out. Mm-hmm. And so, famously, animators tell ourselves the story of Pixar is that Pixar was in the red for ten years before it made Toy Story. I met Lee Unkrich not long ago. Oh, cool! Wait, which one's the problematic guy at Pixar? Uh, John Lasseter. Okay, sorry, I just want to get the name straight. Yeah, uh, John- I have a. I have a, an animator friend in Austin who, it, I mean, this is to what you're saying. He worked on uh, the, what is it, uh, Scanner Darkly and I think yes. maybe Waking Life. And he just finished something with um, Adult Swim called Dream Core. And cool. he, you know, every, you know, nine months or a year or whatever, I... He will say, I'm like, how are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm just looking for work. Accurate. That would be horribly anxiety-provoking for me. Yeah, and see, and that's the thing is that I, I was telling another animator, so one of the best animators in the Dallas area, what he does for a living is an accountant. Uh, but he is a fantastic animator, and I've been essentially just handing his resume and, and direct contact to everyone I know in every city. I'm like, someone take this guy. Uh, which is a total treason to my husband because, again, he's not permanent. Uh, and he he has a gig right now, but you it's like fashion design. It's one of those jobs that it's so known that it's a desirable gig that people will work for free. People will travel out of their state to work for free. When I took a gig of a subsidiary of Cartoon Network, I paid $11 to travel from New Jersey to into New York City to work for free for three months. And they can just cycle out idealistic children for years. So that's it's like the vice model. The vice models, the, the, uh, was it 24 or 22? Yeah. But basically, they find a bunch of 20 somethings, they pay them 20 somethings, uh, they they pay them 20 something K, and they work them for 20 something hours a week because they know they have that cultural street cred that says, hey, if you work here, you'll be cool. It'll look cool in your resume. It's a fun place to work. But in reality, they're literally juicing you like a fucking sad grape for your talent. So, as someone who has gotten to the point, um, where people in your industry want to be yes. having a permanent position, was all of that shit worth it? Do you think that paying $11 to go to New York to work this job contributed to you getting this job? Yeah, I wouldn't even stutter. It's a 1,000% worth it. Okay. Uh, I do tell, and the, so if I have a branded hashtag that would be the core of my soul, it would be Ganbare, Ganbatekudesane, mm. like... Try your best. Hang in there. No, I mean it because it is worth it. It is. 
you have to it's like that cat poster yeah <laughs> I, I, I just want to be clear there. on something by the way when I said the vice model I didn't mean isn't they squeeze you like a vice I mean is in vice fucking media See, to be absolutely clear about that. See, and that's the thing is also that, problematic. Yeah, list of reasons. Speaking of, yeah. So, yes, there is so much struggle in being a gainfully employed creative. Like you fight it every day. You fight who is wielding you. I remember on my worst days, I was like, I don't feel like a human being. I feel like an app. I feel like someone is wielding me, like I should just vomit graphic design and I should just vomit videos. Uh, at one of my lowest points, I was working for a chemical company, and it was in 22 countries. It was a, a big company, and I was the art director. I branded everything. Like, every white paper uh, went through me, every label that went on all of the tanks of... Uh, of chemicals went through me, uh, every training video that went out to our sales force, uh, I created. And there was such a level of illiteracy from the bosses and such an expectation that you vomit art mm -hmm. at all times that I was like, yeah, like I, I no longer felt human and you have to be careful. Like my career arc was, freelancing while working service gigs and then salaried permanent but in a very toxic uh like it was very difficult environment actually and then currently i am in a soft manageable environment uh where i still have to wake up and i still have to tell myself that dropping out will not make my life easier i will have those days but you still consider dropping out oh yeah but a thousand percent worth it. But a thousand percent worth it. <laughs> no, because the thing is, is that once you get into a media gig, everyone expects you to have a side hustle and everyone expects you to be going to producer parties and everyone expects you to be carrying pick, yep. pit, pitch packages <clears throat> with you and everyone. So your bosses will give you the leniency so I can draw at my desk. No, there are so many jobs where even though they were a creative job, if someone saw me doodling at my desk or processing and crunching and drawing or, or not drawing, but, but forming origami at my desk, they would be like, what is this odd behavior? Who is this odd duck? I please stop that. Please stop making us uncomfortable with your odd behavior. Uh, or, or stop not making us money. I guess, but, like, you cannot program eight hours a day every day. You cannot animate eight hours a day every day. Surely, but not every boss understands that. Yeah. And that's the thing, is, like, so what I consider... Well, actually, I haven't even made it. What I consider making it is Jim Henson. What I consider making it is when your world when your worldview is so real and so palpable that it creates a distortion field of your identity around you ghibli. that's what's ghibli yes that's making it when you can tell disney to fuck off that's, that's a, that's a pretty high bar that's, that's that's like we not we might not make it there well this is the thing though is um i was going to ask you to talk about this because i'm sure you can go on about it ad nauseum is how disney co-opts or used to to some degree much more powerfully until the pixar revolution but then they also reacquired them how disney pretty much maintained a very tightly controlled monopoly of not just 
um, American animation, but American animators, yeah. how they basically stockpiled talent. And if you, I mean, arguably between Disney and advertising at large, I mean, to be an artist outside of those two bounds is, you know, to say the least difficult yeah. <laughs> because of how they co-opt talent to create narratives. And we can go on ad nauseum about narratives. But if you could talk a little about that, because I don't think a lot of folks are clear on just the degree of the intellectual creative monopoly that takes place along those terms. So Walt Disney ah, is so fun because it's a titan, right? Like it's one of those overlord companies. And when you get big enough, your self-interest as a corporate entity, like Disney has thrown cogs into uh, um, intellectual property law. Like you could have an entire course on intellectual property law that is just what Disney has done. Uh, which is to purchase up things that are supposed to go, that it was intended to go into the uh, uh, public domain. Snow White, uh, like... All the Brothers Grimm. Yes, all the Brothers Grimm. You're supposed to be able to play. The natural birth and death of a creative thing is that they are ingredients that one generation makes, and you get about 75 years... And then the creator is expected to die. And then the next generation of creators is supposed to be able to play with the Wizard of Oz, public domain. Uh, is supposed to be able to play with Snow White, should be public domain. But Disney makes so much money off of owning certain things. And uh, Sony famously did this with Spider-Man. Is that so when people ask why subpar... Um, why subpar content is made with such powerful, iconic things like Spider-Man. It's like, well, they have to they hold have to on. keep it, yeah. Absolutely. And so, but Disney has uh, really very famously played God with intellectual property rights in, I mean, uh, Mickey Mouse is never, ever going to go into the public domain. Well, there was just... There was just recently a court decision that eats into that a little bit, mm, okay. but even then, it's still. I mean, we yeah, one can't deny one can't deny on what kind of hegemon it's built thus far. <laughs> how do you how do you keep extending that public that uh, that copyright? Well, if you make another property, and see, and that's the thing is like so they will. It's ha- like a, having a drug and then making a tweak to the drug, and yeah. now this is an XR. And yeah, basically with... Um, okay. It's, okay, it's, it's very analogous. With drugs, they went from, meta- went from copywriting to the drug to copywriting the specific metabolites of that drug okay. because they were unique to that drug. With Disney content, it went from... Um, basically, every time you create new content along those lines, it resets the copyright. And for when 75 it, years exa- or 50 years. Ex- um, is it 75? But, but basically, every time... I and, knew this at one point. And then you can look through the court precedent because Disney's like, oh, these characters are so heartfelt and so unique. to, And they're playing. They're literally taking the fact that, oh, look, we play with heartstrings professionally. So we're going to take those arguments into the courtroom and take that same, oh, Snow White is so integral to, oh, Mickey Mouse is so integral to the American. Superman is so integral to the they, – they go on with that same argument over and over and over again to the point where for years upon years, every time they get challenged, the Supreme Court or whoever else has said, well, okay, I guess you're right about that. And then finally just recently they tried to do that same argument and it didn't work yeah. 
him. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of explosions take place in the art world as all of this content. I mean, I actually, in a similar vein with classical music, every single time a piece, some ancient Bach, Beethoven, one of the classical composers, would have a piece rearranged by somebody, then ASCAP or CSAC or AMI or whatever one of those companies come through and say, oh, this is arranged by this contemporary artist, so now we get the, and so on and so on. It's basically people just trying to find ways to secure their financial access to this uh, to, to, to this cre- these creative works. Yeah, because again, like I keep trying to, so people, and I, I mean it whenever I say that I got into this because of Sailor Moon and Disney Princess movies. Like I, I definitely own the VHSs with everyone else and grew up dreaming of talking mice and glass slippers like everyone else and not everybody else <laughs> but like but i had a I, woman uh <laughs> like you in my drawing class and i was like she is a fucking weirdo hashtag hashtag rejected princesses <laughs> yes! by uh jason what's his name jason ah oh, i forgot his name seriously guys the book's amazing sorry go ahead excellent excellent though yeah like uh what was i going to say oh yes but but you get into it because you want to be part of a magic. I mean, there are so many animators that are completely willing to do things like just work concessions at uh, at Disneyland just to kind of like live that dream. Like, yeah, they're just they're just trying to stay in the mode. Uh, they're just trying to not have their dream be ephemeral. They're just trying to not fade. Uh, of what they put so much time and effort, because animation is one of those things, you know, people ask me, well, how do you do it? And I'm like, oh, well, you have to do it every day. Mm-hmm. And it and it's a chops thing, and it really is. Like, you have to be drawing every day, and it fades. And to find the time to do motion studies and to study physics and to watch balls bounce, huh. there you go welcome to the podcast (laughs) oh my lord but like goodness uh, (laughs) oh gracious (laughs) but like uh but no like seriously all animation is just sacks and balls because uh, it's, it's the flower sack animation. It's Ryan, the flower sack animation. You can probably speak to this. You're an artist. You have done things that have uh, been distributed. <laughs> well, yeah. Balls bouncing and all of that. To talk about that. But <laughs> also, uh, you've created things that have been widely distributed. I see you almost every single day on Pandora. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, would you like me to speak? To? Well, just the, <laughs> just the like... I don't animate. The grind that it... Oh, you no, know, but yeah, you're an I mean, artist. I'm, you create visual images. Like a side hustle? As opposed to audio ones. I don't know. Yeah. I definitely have had plenty of side hustles. But I, I think that a lot of people that are not in the arts think, oh, well, you know, if you're... If that you've made it. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. it gets on an album or yeah. a book, then that's it. I remember it. one time someone was you're like... There. I was on a, like, someone was writing about me on a forum and it was like, he uses a Gmail account. Like, it was not cool. <laughs> like, what? he should have his own, That's like, legit. website account. What did he think about your oh, Hotmail account? I, As a resident IT guy, that is such an absolute bullshit fucking opinion, <laughs> right? but sorry, go ahead. Well, I was like, I love Gmail. It's like, super easy for me. <laughs> but I also use Facebook, apparently. That makes me an old person. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if they're groaning because that does make me an old person or. 
it, it makes that person pretentious as okay, fuck is what it makes. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, but that that hustle, that like self promotion that it requires, oh, I'm so not into that. Seems I never like was good at that. Totally contrary to what a lot of people in the arts are good at. Yeah, no business. I'm not good at horrible. Business. I'm like, like I need. I had oh, an hey, agent me... for a while, but I got the agent, and then I got a big job for usps like right after we had signed together and mm-hmm. she took a huge chunk of that and had done nothing to help me a huge chunk that. like how much percent i want to say she took 30 percent mm. and she would do really weird things like i went to new york and showed your book so you owe me this amount of money and i'm like I did don't. she talk to you about that before? No, that's okay. what I would say. I'm like, I don't think I okay, okay that. And did you and get any evidence that she went to New York and showed anyone? No, here? I fired her. <laughs> 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 but I also gave her money to like make Go a away. portfolio, and she never did. Mm. And she kept it to like cover some other. I was like, okay, we're done here. Yeah. She also like I I had to shoot a llama in the studio for the USPS ad, and she like. Wait, wait. Let, let's clarify what the verb yeah, shoot means. With a camera. <laughs> I, a photographer. You, I had to murder this animal. <laughs> As a photographer, shooting in this context means take a picture. But so she like hired all of these unnecessary. Like I'm like not a technical photographer. Like I'm all about post production. I'll fix it later. Like. Mm-hmm. I do not know lenses and f-stops and shutters be able to it. So she like hires catering and hires a llama oh, handler and like assists. I'm like, I don't need any of this. And she's just like, well, that's just what you do. Why does llama handler sound like a really specific sexual innuendo? <laughs> because it is. She gave me a llama. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Best llama I've ever had. So where she spits hire, in your face. <laughs> we had to hire a llama handler. Let me tell you, they were talented. She handles my llama. Amateur yeah. llama handle. Apparently they, they spit the way like a camel would. Yeah. Filthy. <laughs> Pretty much. So, um, all right. Yeah. But you're a lady in the industry. Yes. Uh, video games, which is, I imagine, I don't know anything about video games, but I imagine that is a male-dominated industry. It is. Video in game fact, animation. So, and we were talking about your friend Shaka, that she regularly has conservative pundits and governors come through. Well... Used to, back, oh, oh, used back to. when she used to work for that company. But okay, yeah. yeah. But I think that it's very common. Like, media companies are very incestuous. Like, we really don't realize, like, how, like, the very most liberal weirdos and all of like the rep- I mean like Mike Pence was in my office. Yeah. Mike Ooh. Pence was in You my had an office. opportunity and you wasted it. <laughs> That's what OTM always says. <laughs> Did like, you throw I said pie. no such thing. <laughs> Off, off the record, off the record. Let's see here. Glitter bomb. <laughs> oh my gosh, what an excellent opportunity yeah. for pie. Right? I was just thinking of that lady. Oh you can make gosh. it look like an accident. Oh, and it's a fruit pie. <laughs> Flying drone dildos, y'all. Just saying. Yeah, I don't, <gasps> I don't need that job. Okay. But, uh, uh, <laughs> did you guys see that somebody put that dildo on the conveyor belt at like a... Uh, airlines, did you see that? No. Where it came across, it's just like this dildo bobbin, <laughs> just all the way around. Everybody's laughing. Was it one of the ones with the suction of cup of on the bottom? It was. Of course, and the big old balls. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Nice, the jelly ones. And now we have John's attention. Yeah. Mommy, is 
that your suitcase, mommy? <laughs> because remember, you should always use the indefinite That's article. That's your father. The. You have to oh say the God. dildo, not his or her dildo or your dildo, because you don't want to imply ownership. Are you my dad? <laughs> one, of my, one of my friends said that if she was there, she'd have grabbed it and put it in her purse and said, there you are, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Carl with a K. Wait, is that like an urn? Are there ashes inside of that? <laughs> it's Carl. <laughs> so you had Mike Pence in your office. I did. Yeah. So you were saying about how... So what I was saying is that we have tours regularly. We have uh, um, children come through, like huge, huge groups of something like 400 second graders at the same time all coming through uh, doing a field trip being like... You could be a game developer this someday. This is what happens if you stay in school. To and pay money to go yeah. to New York. It's a thousand percent yeah. <laughs> Accurate. But, but, so we have regular tours, and we have uh, usually my CEO, which I always like to say is trying. Like, I have, I have interacted with many CEOs, and they are always horrible. My CEO is trying. This is me vouching for my CEO. Mm-hmm. He tries. But... <laughs> is th- he will come through and one of the selling points of my company is that we have women now oh <gasps> now with women wow. new and improved and and poor so we have does he oh, say that what's the percentages the how many of you are there three two there is there is three in a room of 30 and what's the pay ratio okay. my company tries they're trying so hard um, like no, they, really they don't do. have to try. They <laughs> they can actually make it happen immediately. Yeah. We just tried. I don't feel I'm really sorry. Yeah. I don't feel like your CEO is really. It's trying. not like having a baby. We're no. trying. Oh, yeah. gosh. And the things that he says when it he might comes take. Through, so we have at my company a very real uh, animation celebrity. So animators in Dallas know of a coworker of mine because she worked on. So the highest view thing that I've ever made had a team of 250 people and got 5 million views. And this feels fancy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm pleased with this. But I work next to someone who produced something with a team of five people that has 52 million views. Wow. She is a very real animation celebrity. Like, my, my coworker is fantastic. She's a machine. She is so good. And everyone in Dallas who is an animator knows of her. Is she older? How long did no, it take for her no, to she's, get in? She's younger that? than I am. She is okay. just a machine. Uh, she does not socialize. She does not leave the house. She animates all day. But it's a thousand percent worth it. <laughs> is is yes. she alone? Uh, you know, she doesn't care. She's so ambivalent. She's really? She's so ambivalent. Is it autism? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say that everybody should just watch Recreators. Just, just watch Recreators. Okay. Accurate. That's. I mean, that really is like that is a really good show to describe what production and what crossovers are like. Like the negotiation with the the business meetings is Recreators is an anime that is what is it reverse reverse isekai. Thank you. Uh, What's that word? Uh, and Isekai is an anime in which basically it's a fish out of water, but specifically done along the lines of a sci-fi fantasy type trope, where basically you, as Megan, are walking on the street minding your phone, and some strange confederation of events results, and you're being magically transported into Universe X. Hold on, and universe, hold, on. Oh, hold on, hold on. Wizard of Oz. That's a much easier way of doing it. Okay, yeah, now, now I understand. <laughs> 
Sorry. I was drifting there in was, and out there. There was too many <laughs> syllables. I appreciate that. Good job. Thank you so much for, 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 for bringing me in. Thank you. <laughs> you made it happen. But in this case... The uh, reverse isekai, as in instead of you being transported to Wizard of Oz, several different different Wizard of Oz styled universes. Like one is sword and sorcery, one is magical girl, one is giant robots. Characters from those universes are transported magically and inexplicably into the quote normal universe. As long as there aren't any Munchkins or Lollipop Kids coming my way, I'm on board. Fair enough. All right, so. I'm very impressed with your job <laughs> and your tenacity because you don't just have to be good. You have to be as good and then some more when you're a lady. It's, you know, it's very true. Like they, so again, this, this animation celebrity. So we have a boss and a boss's boss. And if you stand out, if you start making mistakes, if you don't stick that dismount, it was always the girls that stood out. It was always the girls that were censured. Uh, like, so, I, I hate to say, but w- these creative gigs, they do give you, it. these are sinecures. These are cushy jobs. This is why, I, again, I encourage people to try. Like, you know, there's, I try to give out emails and I try to give the direct contact of HR departments. And I'm like, please, please try because you will fail nine times before you even get into the interview. You will put up the energy and have all of that, like, you know, hit that pitch uh, and then be totally, oh my gosh, I made an animatic this week that so uh, complete animation, uh, Two weeks worth of drawings and uh, flow charts of how to design the layout of navigating from one lesson to another. And it got killed. It got shot down in the cutting room floor uh, in the group chat before it ever went to a meeting. And so you kind of have to get really comfortable with failure. Like you kind of have to be able to just water off a duck's back and, and to yeah, like I, I tell people that I'm a very crocodile mother. That like I lay my eggs in the sand and, you and walk eat them? off. Yeah, I do not feel <laughs> I do not feel emotionally attached to things oh. that I draw for work because you can't. You well, can. yeah, no, it's it's a gig. It's a it's a series of spreadsheets. Maybe next cues. time you'd like to submit your ideas under uh, like a dude's name or remember that uh, movie with Whoopi Goldberg where she was like Sister a, Act Two. No, where she <laughs> jumping was jumping Jack uh, Flash. Nope. <laughs> ghost she was a <laughs> don't keep going or she was like a stock market genius and uh diane weist was her uh assistant does anybody that. know otiano please was it back to america oh why are you asking me what's up with that <laughs> because you're older <laughs> sure actually sadly enough that is not one of the Opie goldberg films i'm familiar with so okay well anyway she had to uh pretend to be karina a, karina a white dude and nobody, okay, Ryan, no. people would come for interviews <laughs> Color or uh, for meetings. Okay, Ryan, no. <laughs> and she would never, meet, she would make apologies for Mr. So-and-so. And yeah. Anyway. Is Ted Danson in it? Nope. <laughs> I have thought long and hard about pseudonyms. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have thought long and hard about pseudonyms for, uh, for getting ahead. Uh, like, like how N.K. Jemison does. Like, there's mm. just something about dropping your feminine name and 
just going un- agendered. Can I? It's a g- long and storied tradition. Can, for can I give reason. you a I suggestion? If you if you want to keep thinking about it, I I can give you like like maybe a Kevin Appleby or J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah, but then you might get some clever clever fellow in there that's like maybe this is a lady. It's Jessica Kirkpatrick. Yeah, right. So Kevin Kevin's a good one. People like that. I knew a girl named Kyle. Just do Pat. Kyle's a good name. Then they never know. Pat. And I know hmm. many Terry. names Skyler. And people think Casey. Casey's literally the best name for that shit. Or mm. Pat. Mm. Wasn't that Pat's girlfriend, Pat. boyfriend, mm. Pat, partner? Chris. Chris. Hmm? Chris. Yeah, about that. So how was your week? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I think I already went over what the core of my week yeah. was. Okay. I, I worked really hard to develop something and it didn't go through. But that is uh, just another Tuesday. Like, I, I do expect to hit deliverables and then to have it thrown away. Day in the life. It's just a Tuesday. <laughs> Ryan. Yes. That was your week. Um, good. I was just hanging out. <laughs> visiting. Yes. Boston. Yeah. Then what happened? Um, nothing, really. I had a pretty boring week. That's it was good. my birthday last week. Oh, yeah. happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> we went out for your birthday. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. I went out a couple times, and I hadn't gone out in years. So Into was... the roundup. Yep, we did. We did. Did you enjoy the go-go dancers? They were boot scoot and boogie. <laughs> yeah, it was something to do with... Uh... There weren't a lot of... They were pants. Most people were wearing pants. If you wanted to see the dancers, you need to go underneath. uh, What's off Maple? The bridge. uh, The bridge. Is it called Mickey's? Right across the street from that merchant house place, there's a there's a bar that has go go dance. What's the place with the patio? Oh, not 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 that's down there too. Tin, What's the place? Tin next? room. Tin room. Tin rooms. What's the them. place on the strip that usually has the hot dog guy out front? S four. S four. No, S four. Right next door to S four. Oh, Throckmorton Mining Company. Yeah. No, not is it Throckmorton Mining Club? TMC. Yeah, around the corner. Up your oh, button around there. Wow. Mining. All I know is that I, had a, I always go there, A, for the go-go dancers, and B, because when I took my JR's? uncle up there. No, they it's were TMC's. Super, they the TMC? Yeah. yeah. It, it, my, my uncle was also super excited about the go-go dancers. It was super cute. Oh, man. When's that guy come back? I really enjoyed his visit. Well, yeah. He's the best. So, boring week. Man. Yeah, I'm so I was house-sitting. My parents were gone, so I house-sat for them and had like 85 fires in their fireplace. and. <laughs> Read. I've been collecting Stephen King novels mm-hmm. for, for some reason lately. And not reading them? Well, I am kind of OCD, and so I was making alternate book covers for them and printing them and then wrapping them in my oh. own book jacket. That's a weird thing to do. Ooh, I, I want to see yours for the talisman. I know. I haven't done that one. I've been like doing like the big names like It and Carrie and... Be interested to see them. I still want to see them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I did all week. I work on my resume because I'm looking for work uh, here or Portland. Cool. Heck yes. Redid my website. Excellent. So I guess I did more than I thought. Yeah. Oh, do you know? My week has consisted of spending time with fancy lady peoples and cooking and honestly enjoying the fact that I don't 
have to go to school <laughs> because that's all I've been doing for the last like year. What are you going to do with that? Nothing. You're going to um, do anything, are you? <laughs> God. I mean, while I appreciate what you said, right? I actually need to keep those skills sharp. So I'm going to get someone to get hurt. I'll do it. I'm going to get my Texas licensure and take on some part like a couple hours a week at some third party ambulance company type thing just so I can maintain that skill set. How many times a week? At least once a week. Oh God! I mean, you know, it's as as as, as, as Nazar just said, you got to keep you got to keep on that shit, otherwise it fades. Like with any other skill set. Yeah, I know. You sound like there's maybe a skill set you're neglecting there, little person with the email address that you have. Do you have a Gmail account? Puke. I, know, I have right? a Gmail and a Hotmail. <laughs> hotmail that adds some street cred. I actually can't get into the Hotmail. I haven't for years. Uh-huh. That's like having AOL at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I, I, Hotmail and Yahoo both actually. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. You've got mail. Yeah. You don't have mail. <laughs> no one loves you. If you signed in, you'd probably have so much mail. <laughs> Be like, oh, my dear, my dear, I need you to help me with some money. <laughs> A king took my. <laughs> I'm going to pay it back to you fivefold. Oh they do uh, eventually close those accounts, right? Um, yes, I think that AOL at this point is long dead and gone. If I actually met anybody, I mean, maybe AOL still a I thing. Maybe AO- AOL.com email address. No, is no, still but a thing. my Hotmail. Like eventually, they're going to be like, she hasn't been on this. Eventually, shit and, your Hotmail account know. will Can shut down. Yes, it'll okay. take some time. Oh, I did. It will. I got scammed last week by a photo thing. They said they were from W Magazine. And they said it was the same kind of like Nigerian scam where they're like, we're going to send you your fee, but you'll also get the fee for the talent, like the talent agency uh, models people. And sounds I was like, like your agent. Any equation right? where give us money right. and we'll give you money. I was like, well, we give you the money and you pay from that. But then when it bounces, yeah, you're responsible. You're I was like, ugh. And it costs you $30. That sucked. It was for W Magazine. I was pretty excited. And then I got pretty gutted when I found out it was fakey. But man. <laughs> But anyway, my week otherwise, well, I mean, I, I bought some fancy glassware at the local thrift shop, and I made a bunch of, uh, it was cold this, this week, week, so. Hmm? Was that this week? Yeah. Um, I, 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 this is my second time doing this. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, I do it more than once. And um, I also made a bunch of fancy Japanese winter stew called nabe, which is incredibly delicious and warms the very core of your soul. The first edition I did was um, chicken and Napa and uh, What's Napa? Green, Napa is a wine um, cabbage. Right? There you go. Good job. Good job, Ryan. Bad job, Megan. I know it's a vegetable, but still. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't you care. Hate vegetables. Yeah. So anyway, I don't even care it was about um, and uh, was with a, with, a, with a kimchi broth <laughs> that I got really excited because um, I was supposed to. I was going to do a traditional. Well, not traditional. Go to the Japanese mart and buy. They have bag broth there. You can just buy it and pour into a pot and heat up. But the bag broth had flour in it. I was cooking for a gluten free person. So I, had, I was like, well, well, how the fuck do I do this? Then I realized that basically if you just take chicken broth and add some kimchi juice and some fish sauce and some uh, tamari, you end up with a pretty goddamn tasty broth. So we did that with, again, um, some chicken, some, um, what was it? I think it was a shrimp and um, what else? Oh, some salmon. Oh, gods, yes. One of the most ridiculous things is how in American grocery stores you can buy salmon fillets. So where the fuck is the rest of the fish? Right. You go to any decent... Cre- uh, it's any in decent the garbage agent. can. 
Um, so yeah, Megan, any other grocery will be like, oh, here's some head you can buy. Here's some bones you can buy. Here, yes, head you John can buy. John goes to Here are grocery. some salmon heads you can I mean, buy to make salmon head things with. Wait, how much is head? Here's all, yeah, damn right. Here's all the off cuts we did not include with that, with that, uh, with that particular filet. And you can use those either for a stew or for stock or all kinds of shit. And I love the fact that Asian groceries actually will happily sell the consumer that thing for dirt cheap and it makes some amazing fucking stock and soups do you have to ask for that specifically or is it like it's in a- already pre-packaged waiting for you to purchase Ooh. at american groceries they either a <clears throat> put it in the trash or b you have to ask court in particular and if you're lucky they haven't put it in the trash yet so it's yeah so basically i made this really bad and the second time i did it, it was with uh, beef and scallops and oysters and yet more um seaweed and napa and Some scallions head. and what's that oh what's the other one what's the one you make leeks leeks i forgot how much i love leeks so yeah. basically yeah today was soup week alongside the soup week today soup week. was uh-huh. soup week this week was soup week <laughs> and um today was soup week we crammed an entire week of soups into a single day um no just again it's enjoying like the fact that I, am, that I have time trying to find a good gym and um trying to not like throw my phone across the room on the daily when i read my twitter feed uh in the mornings oh just don't go on there um, the Twitter. As much it's as I even. know how much you enjoy Twitter, Megan, it's, it's still a viable source of news. That's going to be careful my, a, my moderation uh, of such. So a fish, how do you make a fish sauce? You just like take the fish and you squeeze it into a glass. <laughs> Arguably, that is the beginnings of how we'll make fish sauce, but it involves leaving it on roofs to be cured by the sun for a couple of weeks Whoa. first. Like non-plot? Ex- exactly. Gross, so you know what's up. That's Fuck how to make that. fish sauce. So you're close. It involves usually anchovies and lots of sun curing and drying and then squeezing them. So you're almost there. Okay, so I have a fun story about non-plot. <laughs> non-plot always makes me think of, I had this Vietnamese coworker that had a toddler that spilled Nampla all over his laptop, destroying it. The toddler had a laptop? <laughs> no, it was... See, that's the thing, is that it, like, it was the only laptop in the house. And it was the parent's laptop. Oh, okay. And so... It was your, your it, co-worker. It was a co-worker of mine. Got it. And so, but it was this Misunderstood horrible that. thing. They had AOL. <laughs> oh, God. But of, like, losing all of your tech... And having it all nonplaus scented at the same time. That's a is that a fish thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, nonplaus is notorious for tasting amazing and tasting amazing after it's cooked and smelling intense before it's cooked and tasting horrible unless you're really into that stuff before it's cooked. And basically, it has a very narrow therapeutic index, to use a drug term, for fish sauce. I wonder, it's good under certain conditions. I wonder if Other little, conditions, you don't really don't want it. Little kid goes to school, and he's like, guess what I did this week? <laughs> <laughs> I spilled non-pla all over my dad's laptop. Did I tell you the $5 in the potty story? <laughs> my ex was like at work, and this lady came in with her son. She's like, tell the nice man what you did. And he's like... I put $5 in the patty. <laughs> and my ex was like, was it on purpose or on accident? And he was like, both. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. See, this is, so I call toddlers chaos beans. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Also, very small sociopaths. Wait, wait, Give them a wait, laptop. Wait, wait, hold on. How is this not a fighting gamer anime thing? Chaos yeah, I'm sure there's Sorry. some kind Sorry. of uh, a very small subset of our listeners got very excited. 
What's a, what, what's a small percentage of three people? <laughs> one and a half? Maybe half less than that. That's, I mean, that's oh, 50%. Actually, even better, the person in the room listening to the podcast because someone has it on speaker and going, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> that's a small subset. Let's be honest here. The only person listening around is Joe in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I will not have you researching Joe in Dallas. No, I love him. I'm just saying. Oh, like, yeah, that guy's, don't that guy's a dream. John. <laughs> listening to this on speaker. John, how was your week? It was great. Actually, no, it wasn't. Uh, oh. It was good up until yesterday. <laughs> plot <laughs> twist. It's not like you to be positive first. I'm not sure what's happening uh, here. I played poker last night. I got I busted before the final table. And mm, that sounds hot. Busted. <laughs> and Broke it off. <laughs> he bought some head. <laughs> and then he got flayed. Everybody there got flayed. There were two hands in particular that I played really poorly. Fisting? What? Left hand or right hand? Do you want me to talk or not? Yeah, we just want to interject dirty yeah. stuff the whole time. <laughs> Sorry. I'll Let us tell you how your week was. <laughs> Good and bad. I just want to note for the record that you guys always give me shit for talking over you. Mm-hmm. And then we do it. And I'll continue. So two hands I played really poorly that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, it's just interesting because this time last year I was doing really well with poker. And then this year it's just not... It's just not happening, and it's kind of frustrating. Although one thing that I was—I've been trying to be more gracious at the table and less of less of a loudmouth asshole. And there's one new player to our group. He's played with us, I think, maybe three times. And I don't know if he's new to the game or what, but there are like certain. Uh, Things that you're supposed to do. That's like, for example, you're not supposed to splash the pot. Splashing the pot is when you put your chips in to either uh, raise or just put a bet out there. And if you put your chips into the the quote pot where all the chips are, that's a no no because we can't tell how many chips you put in. So the, the, there's a potential for angle shooting by saying, "Oh no, I put 300 in," when you actually even put one. He kept on doing that shit, and he also kept on stacking his chips in a certain way that the larger denominations were, were hidden behind the smaller ones. And um, I spoke out at one point. I said, hey, dude, you need to put your larger chips you know, out front. And the way that the other people at the table reacted to me was kind of like, like I felt like I like committed a party foul. But at the same time, like this has been bugging me for like all night. Um, so yeah, I was kind of depressed about, about that outcome. Um, just because I, one hand that I played so bad, it was like such a rookie mistake where I had the nut flush, but I, and, (laughs) and it was out there. Look how good we're doing. (laughs) I know. I feel like, I feel like I made it awkward again. Kind of like I made it awkward last night where I was like, Hey dude, put your stack your chips the right way. Um, but anyway, I had the nut flush, but I didn't realize I had the nut flush because, um, people generally realize when they have nut flushes, John. I've never had one. <laughs> I kept on telling myself to like double check your hand, but in my head I was like, "No, I'm I'm a professional. I've been doing this for over a decade. I know what hands what what, what hand I have. I know which hand I use." <laughs> and that's it. Go on. How was your week, Megan? I'm done. <laughs> Wait, quick done. question. What do you attribute your poor or playing? It, to? The thing is, I'm not playing any better or worse. It's mm. just negative variance, and it happens. Yeah. But it's just it's just kind of. Yeah, um, it's just it's it's just it's why we love the game, and you know you just have to work through it. 
That's all it is. But this is kind of like, you know, damn, I almost made the final table. And you're going, and I also lost my cat mask. <laughs> what do you mean? You lost it in, in a bet? I don't know. I don't know where, where it went. It was oh, in you. my hat in my back pocket. So it's probably on the road somewhere because it probably fell out when so I was wait, walking wait. back Let's to my clear. car. It was a full on like furry cat mask. So I'm sure that somebody who retrieved it, it's like something weird went on. Let's be clear here. Somewhere. John is talking about how he lost his pocket pussy. And this is the only time <laughs> we're ever going to hear John being la- John being sad about missing out on pussy. And now it's on the road. So maybe. It's on the road. Maybe we should give people like a radius to look. It's on the road or it's in Adrian's house. It could be in Adrian's house. You did one time take a flashlight out of a dumpster. So I feel like if you hey, find it on the road. They are expensive. Those are expensive. <laughs> Just eat. It was yeah. like an $80 value. <laughs> okay. So uh, disinfect that. To interrupt with a flashback. I have to tell a story. A flashback. A flashback. It's still accurate. A flashback. So I grew up in Washington, D.C. in Fairfax, Virginia. When... Lorena Bobbitt happened. Oh. We were just talking about yeah. Lorena Bobbitt today. Yes. So I was in... That was Manassas, but okay. I was in elementary school when that happened. Walking home, and I saw... <laughs> See, but that's the An thing. object flying through the air. That is exact. So I was terrified. I heard this news story, and, and I really want to tell people, like, so where I grew up in the 90s... Nova. They call it Nova. Oh, gracious. But like... <laughs> But like, but I was an elementary schooler, terrified that like a neighbor's dog would come by with it, or that it could be in anyone's yard. Wait, that how long were they looking for it? I thought they found it right away. Yeah, they found it right away. Yeah, but but did you think there was two? No, no, no. It was just you get the news. You know, it it comes up on hard copy. Mm -hmm. Ooh, hard. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get the follow up where they found it, (laughs) and you just get salacious news, and then you're a little girl going. Is there a disembodied dick in my neighborhood somewhere? <laughs> I was then, doing that too, then, but I was like looking for it. And then Where is it? That's my childhood. To oh. be clear, one of the greatest cameos of all time, and I've mentioned this before in the podcast, is as probably, I mean, let's go out the way. Fuck John Wayne Bobbitt, problematic ass motherfucker. We oh, didn't man. ask until like 30 years later, why would she want to cut off his dick? Because he's an abusive asshole. But he made a porn film that showed mm-hmm. off his newly reattached penis. Lord knows how he got the cash and the and interest to do that. And there, and the porn film contains a section where they reenact the severing of his penis. Ooh. And have you seen it? I have seen the following part of the film, which is the important part, i.e. Um, the actress that's playing Lorena driving on the street in a state of panic, recognizing she has a separate penis in her hand and tossing it out the window. And it lands at, it lands at the feet of this of person. Of a little girl. Close. A little girl named Nizu is supposed to be the anime. No. It lands in the feet of the, the, these pair of very distinct and ornate cowboy boots. And the camera sla- slowly uh, um, pans up to reveal that it's Lemmy from fucking Motorhead. And he's holding a bottle of Jack Daniels, swigs the bottle, looks down, says, glass not mine, and Wait. walks off camera, and that's his cameo in what? the porn film. Oh, Lemmy was actually in this, this porn. Is, I'm telling you what happens oh, in the man. goddamn movie. But anyway. Can we come yeah. up with like a couple of alternate endings to that? Like, what if it was the Native well, American? Well, it wasn't the ending. But, oh, oh, oh God. can we? What if it was wow. the Native American man that's crying when they throw the french fries out? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> From the 70s? Yeah. Isn't that guy actually not Native American? Or what if it American? landed in like a hot dog bun, like one of those 80s, like, 
And someone just appears and puts like what mustard. chili mustard yeah. and relish and onion it's like on street it. Street meat in New York, and they're like, "Did you want Ew. onions on that?" <laughs> Thank you for that, Ryan. Thank yeah. you for the, that. Eat of the meat. Yeah, I like. So it. to segue neatly into someone else who'd probably enjoy the occasional severed penis <laughs> in a way that I'd be entirely okay with. Megan, how was your week? Oh, that's oh me. <laughs> I'm not at all interested in severed penises. What use do I have of them then? Well, it's mm. portable. Duh. John pulled portable right? sex toys out of the dumpster. Well, I do only have sex <laughs> with men that can walk. It's a walk, commodity. <laughs> which I realize is a... You can walk? No, did I... Did you I, ask the engineer yet? About what? About yeah. his friend's dick? Yeah, he didn't He Hasn't oh, respond. responded? Uh-oh, we need that's some a bad text here. That's well, a, he's also a, skiing today, so I don't feel like uh, I should expect him to... You he pulled off his it? penis at home, then. He's skiing. Who, 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 who takes a penis out when they're skiing? Exactly. I do. Duh. You gotta air that well, you out. Said, you know how like, hot you get in those ski pants? You said, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's why you leave it at home. You said if it's portable... <laughs> I mean, if it's severed, it's portable, but yeah. I said I only have sex with men who... I mean, so far, men Wait, that can how walk, is it that we're all so kids portable. in the 90s and haven't referenced the King Missile song so far in this conversation? The what now? The what? King Missile. We don't know what the fuck you're talking about, no. that's why. Detachable penis. No, <laughs> no one? Really? No. I recognize dun, 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 Megan, dun, you dun, said dun, you dun, only dun, dun, have dun, sex with people that walk, but... Why did you not put the penis over one of those like jumping teeth things that you wind up, you know, or like put it over that? Yeah, so that it kind of walks or hops. You know? <laughs> I, I'm I'm saying I don't have to do that. Why not? Because oh, you're like because they're I get already played portable. all the time. No, well they're already portable. I just say come over here. Oh, uh, and usually it's not they as compact. do. You can't hide it in your. I don't want to hide it. <laughs> oh, you want to flaunt it? Like, look what we're doing over here. I mean, I do this podcast every week. Do you have sex on it? No, but I tell you guys about all of the sex that tell I have. Tell me, what did you do all week? Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't know that I had. I think I see. You need one of them jumping penis ales. <laughs> Saturday was maybe the last time. It's like a little uh, yesterday. Let's see. No, no, no. Did last you maybe have ago. sex yesterday and you don't know? No, I did. I definitely did not. Schrodinger's booty. What? What how does this work? Uh, what happened this week? I was a little bummed out in the beginning of the uh, week, yeah. but do then. Want, do you want to say why? No. Okay. Uh, just had a little bit of a serotonin depletion. Okay. Uh, so, but you know, it's happens nice. to all of us. Yeah, it's nice to know there's a reason for it. And yeah, not it's it's not inexplicable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else happened? Oh, yesterday, not yesterday. Uh, Friday we had our our team retreat for work. So we all went to. Uh, Did you do a trust fall? Yeah, like ropes course. No, we didn't. Is that what it's called? What is it? A ropes course or something? Oh, yeah. that like, it, it is called that. We did not do that. A tough mutter. <laughs> we um, I don't uh, I don't get. Uh, much opportunity to socialize with my coworkers because we all are kind of siloed in our offices. Like mm-hmm. we stay in our office, we keep the doors closed, and then we wait for something to come up on the computer. Or somebody walks in, and then we go out and see them. So there's not like a lot of congregation. So I haven't had a chance to like really get to know these people that I work with. Uh, so we That's had usually this- good. Well, actually, I you think I them. like these people well, that's good. a bunch. Yeah, cool. leave your door open, you know. Well, if you leave, well, it's in a it's in a busy hallway, so uh, people are always walking by and trip them. You know, you can't masturbate with the door open. <laughs> Why not? 
Why do you want to hide it, Megan? I thought you didn't need a portable dig. You don't want to hide because it. Because you can get fired. Oh, <laughs> uh, not if he's under the desk. Uh, Just kidding. I'm not doing that at work. <laughs> Big Megan, brother. you're not as efficient anymore, and your typing's been way off. <laughs> what is going on under that desk? I've never been efficient. And what's this so, hopping mm, paperweight mm. you have on your desk? <laughs> Why is it bleeding? <laughs> oh, that escalated. It looks quickly. like a. Penis. Oh yeah. Oh my. Uh, so we had this retreat, and I got to know the people I work with better. So that was good. Uh, my boss, who is problematic, as mm. we have discussed. Um, I had one of those. There was a just the one, mm-hmm. uh, there was a there was one moment in the beginning where I don't know if he was her boss, but. A guy that was the director of another department from a different location was there, like telling us, you know, how their team does it and whatever. And one of my coworkers, who is is legitimately, well, I mean, not not for good reason, but but it is very clear that she's being targeted by my boss. Mm-hmm. Um, was asking a question, and then the boss was like, "Well, I, I I don't understand what you're saying, and I didn't bring him here to." Because you guys are doing something wrong and blah, blah, blah. And uh, actually, it wasn't as bloody as I was expecting it to be that the, day. The paperweight? No, <laughs> the the retreat. I uh, thought it was yeah. going to be like some like horrible melee and I was just going to mm-hmm. sit in the back and mm. just watch it, um, which is what I usually do with drama like that. But Did y'all drink? Uh, we did not drink at the retreat, but afterward, a couple of us went out to uh, the bar. Coyote and, Ugly. Uh, it was good. Yeah. Did yes. you get trashed and dance on the table? Actually, uh, then I, you did the trust fall. Yes. <laughs> and they didn't catch you. <laughs> Never expect people to catch you is my motto. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you trust fall with people from work? No that kidding. sounds like a terrible oh, yeah, idea. No. Well, because they. Why would you hang out with people? Because nothing? if you don't show up on Monday, they'll have more work to do. That's mm-hmm. why. Uh, but we didn't do that. So uh, one of my coworkers and I walked into this bar in Arlington. We were the first ones there, I guess. And it was like, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon. Is this a setup for a joke? It, it seemed like a setup for a horror film because she's black. Oh, no. Uh, she's going to get killed first. And this is a very white. You're going to go to the like, basement. Kind of blue collar area. Mm-hmm. And uh, we walked in and she's like, this is the quietest bar I've ever been to. And I was like, this is the Weird. this is the beginning of a horror film. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get killed first because you're mm-hmm. black. And that's the way that goes. And I'm sorry. And you're second because you're a lady. Right. No, um, no. Nope, nope, you get it. And I'll end up being the killer because I'm gay. You, the qu- I mean, obviously, black person dead, yes, but did you have sex? Because if you had sex you're as gone. Lady, definitely gonna and be you killed. weren't married to the person that you're having sex with, then you're yes, gone. you and your partner are dead. Yeah. If you are chaste and slightly socially awkward, then you may survive. But I'll be the killer because I'm gay. Well, everybody uh, knows that I, that yes, certainly. I am chaste. Would you fuck Obviously. me? Obviously. I'd fuck me. <laughs> and socially awkward. So. Weren't they gay in Scream? Who? It was implied that there was some uh, repression going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, P.S. Long story long, uh, that was it. I, I really didn't have anything exciting happen this week, which which is fine. So this was not the week for exciting things. I think I just needed to mm. 
to become normal again. Mm. February's almost over. My baseline. Mm-hmm. Normal, not normal, normal. <laughs> so, don't want to do that. Yeah. So, should we take a break and we then do hot topics? take a topics? break. What are we on, three hours now? Uh, an hour and 15 minutes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How long is the show usually? Three. Are you, really, are you really counting us down? Seriously? Oh, okay. Oh, you fucking. All right. So, uh, also this last week, I forgot to say, uh, I did uh, PCP on Wednesday. <laughs> I like saying uh, it like that. Okay, that's purposeful. It elicited a response. The appropriate yes. response. The uh, Porpoise Crispy podcast. And, uh, by the way, we are now on iTunes. Sweet. That's right. You can search for Porpoise Crispy Podcast. What was the hiccup? I really appreciate that name. I don't fucking know. No idea. Yes, yes. Reapplied and they said yes this time. Yeah, I guess so. That's awesome. So yeah, widely available. Can I interject before we get into hot topics? Mm -hmm. When was was Valentine's Day last week or week before? Week before. One of my coworkers, she's kind of I don't know what her official title is, but she's like one of the executives. secretary i guess she like does all the shit that for him and that side of the office she was running around saying happy vd happy vd oh, happy good. vd how old is she yeah she's, clearly young enough she's older work. oh she, she, she's older she, she should have fucking known better than she's in her 40s and, she's older and then later um mm. i saw her in the break room and she said hey john do you know what vd stands for and i said venereal disease <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't know oh. that or V Day, one of the two. I mean, there's not a lot of context like, she, for that. As yeah, she's a little like, bit of a Pollyanna, is what you're she's, saying. She's hilarious. I mm, love her. Cool. Mm. <laughs> oh no, my phone just went dead. Okay, so let's uh, do hot topic. <laughs> Well, now. Uh, I don't have anything important, just a, just an anecdotal topic. So who's who's got the the heat of the meat here? Heat of the meat. Th- no, we're going to talk about Jesse Smollett. As much as we kind of well, part, want I was to, thinking but, one of the yeah. reasons why we should. There was somebody on our Facebook page that posted a photo of a meme that include uh, Jesse and um, why can I not think of her name? Kavanaugh's accuser. Mm. Um, and I guess one of the things that, yes, that thank you. also kind of irked me a little bit about this whole situation is certain people's glee mm-hmm. when we should, it, let's say if it was a hoax, we should at least be happy that there wasn't a hate crime actually committed. Yep. And instead people are going to like salivating over and it's, or it's use really, it as a wedge to say, oh, look. All of your arguments are now invalid type bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I I tried for the longest time to ignore this story because I didn't want to wade into all of its complications and nastiness. Um, I had heard about how the CPD, Chicago Police Department, was going back and forth about some things and leaking things and uh Dre McKesson on Twitter was initially suspicious of the ways in which they were discussing the story. Um but still everybody was interestingly enough behaving correctly insofar as they were believing the victim. Oh look, it's a male victim. How about that? But um 
maybe not correctly, but empathetically. Yeah, I'll take. But yes, okay. yes, on both counts. As in, men were men are granted a good deal more empathy in that arena than women are. I thank you for the correction. Um, but to me, whether I'm not going to say whether or not he said something, uh, whether or not he he made false accusations, whatever is irrelevant. That is very very relevant. But in much the same way. It depends on which narrative you want to invest in. Do you wish to invest in the narrative of, oh, look, these kinds of crimes are pervasive across this country and or have been increasing in numbers since the election of Donald Trump? Or do you wish to talk about how, oh, look, it's someone else yet again playing upon the fact that narrative exists to try and make some kind of personal gain? And, of course, there's all the parallels regarding people reporting rape along similar lines of like, oh, hey, look, we can talk about the fact that rape is a pervasive thing both in our culture but also in our species at large since the dawn of time. Or we can talk about how this person is trying to play upon that trope for their own personal gain instead of talking about why it's a trope in the first place um but specifically in this regard one of the most egregious things about this is it's this fucking cpd no one seems to remember the fact that they 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 ran something that is uh, that was described a number of times as basically analogous to a cia black site (laughs) where people were literally tortured to elicit confessions where basically if your lawyer found out you were there, your lawyer understood that you disappeared for a little while, and that was it. How numerous police chiefs resigned over being involved with this place. About how there is still no one that's been actually prosecuted and convicted for their involvement with literal torture tactics in the space. About how the things they implemented in this area were so extreme that... Um, there was one particular officer whose name I can't recall off the top of my head who practiced his craft there and was so good at it, his ass got sent to Guantanamo to try it out there. This is you, – you, you can't consider any of this uh, – the, the, the CPD is trying to act like, yes, our hands have been clean this whole time. We as an institution have been so – peerless and flawless for all these years that clearly this person is stating what they stated in a fashion that is it's all their fault it occurs in a vacuum each instance has nothing to do with any past instance and that let's focus on how good we have always been in the face of this person doing wrong well i mean just most (laughs) recently they were trying to cover up I mean, shooting. pick one. Yeah, yeah, you have you have Laquan McDonald. Yeah, that's the one you that have, I... the most recent one where the dude was convicted and recently got attacked in prison. I'm not going to comment about that, just to be nice. But the, the point is, it's it's not like there isn't a deeply actually the and one of the dudes who is in charge of that investigate the uh, Chicago police chief that was in charge of that investigation, who had seen the tapes prior to them being released who was involved with Rahm Emanuel in making sure those tapes didn't get released until after until after the Chicago election for mayor, is now running for fucking mayor of Chicago on, the, on, a, on a Democratic ticket. Just to give you an idea of how deeply in Scots this problematic-ass politics is. That is the... Uh, he is the legitimate Democratic contender for mayor of Chicago. One of the people who was involved in literally covering up the... the the killing of Laquan McDonald, in which the officer was actually convicted, and we're acting like these the, 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 these edifices of power are not fundamentally corrupt in some way, one way or another, and buying wholesale what they say, regardless of what Jesse Smollett did or did not do. 
Yeah, and they've already, I mean, the fact that they're leaking to the media is, they're actually not even leaking. They're just, I mean, it's like a feeding frenzy. Mm-hmm. And the media has been conditioned to say, oh, look, this comes from this it's, it's, storied it's, institution. Yeah. So it must be nature. Exactly. I mean, you could talk about Valerie Plame. You could talk about the New York Times and they're taking various stories from, like, from any number of administrations, et cetera, et cetera. The idea of institutional power and authority and the fact that the media is, the, is supposed to be an institution whose sole purpose is to be to question the nature of that authority and how flagrantly they're failing in that role. Because somehow, if you're old and, you know, you know, parentheses and white and cishet, close parentheses, but if you're old and established, that into itself means you have some degree of authority and or can speak in a fashion that we should all be listening to. And instead of going, hey, you're saying a thing, let's place it in context outside of the context of just the history, the alleged history of your institution. I see. It seems like to me like they were just poisoning the possible jury pool. Hey, hey that, that um, the, the the understanding of the nature of media and knowledge and and how ideas work and how ideas travel and how narratives work and how narratives travel is a long one that the media should fucking know better about by now. But hey, I mean, I I mean, I don't think any of us know. Um, I think there's enough weird stuff going on that should at least make your uh, bullshit detectors go on that something weird happened and I, I, just, I don't know if i trust the chicago police department i mean I, i'm sorry just to rattle off the name um the facility the uh black site facility was in homan square chicago and was named as such and honestly again it doesn't matter to me what did or did not happen to, J- to, to Jesse Smollett in this case, because the facts remain that hate crime related incidents have only increased in this country since the election. That a number of states don't even report hate crimes. I mean, there was such. one in Salt Lake City the same week mm-hmm. that was captured. The, the guy that was hit had it on film, but the, because of the way the laws are set up in, in Utah, they can't prosecute it as a hate crime. Yeah. It's basically, I mean, but I mean, People are assaulted all the time. There was one in Austin that they just now caught the four men that beat up this gay couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's still happening, but those aren't making the news. It's, I mean, it's a shame that we have that Coast Guard that was caught the Coast pre-massacre Guard, yeah. mm-hmm. that was on made the news cycle for one day. Mm-hmm. Jesse will be talked this about is, all this, day. It'll be, it'll mm-hmm. be, it'll still be on topic next week. Yeah, there's the, the a whole list of literal white supremacist terrorist incidents that have occurred in the last four years that the media is just casually glossing over or, or not reporting at all. But instead, let's talk about how invalid that point of view is because this one guy lied about a thing. It's well, this one black man lied about. I'm, I mean, let's race be absolutely has clear. Too. Let's be absolutely clear that yes, this gay black man lied about getting jumped, so that must not be a thing. So all the rest of the cases where a gay man got jumped must not be a thing. All the, re- I mean, and to further carry on, all the rest of the cases of a woman saying she was assaulted must not be a thing. All the rest of the cases of this black man getting lynched must not be a thing. I mean, the last recorded acknowledged lynching was in 1996, but there's been a couple of cases I'll happily link in the comments about. This uh, thing was a 15-year-old kid that was like walking home from school and managed to escape from folks that tried to lynch him, or this other case where someone was found strung up by a fucking noose in the middle of the woods someplace and they ruled it as a fucking suicide. And there is there is one. There's been a couple of these. It's not these aren't the strange isolated things. Well, but, I'm thinking about where 
that man was dragged by the back of a pickup truck and died. Jasper. That was yeah. the, that was the 1996 last alleged, uh, last actual acknowledged lynching in the United States. And you could say Matthew Shepard was lynched. The, the, damn right. But my, my point is, imagine the threshold one has to reach, given the number of locations that it's it's literally just like sexual assault. If insofar as imagine the number that has to be reached for you to say something is trending up or trending down <laughs> when most things are unreported. It's uh, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier. If you're a lady in a male-dominated profession, you don't have to just be good. You've got to be better. Black folks have a saying for this. Um, immigrants and black folks have a saying for this. Twice as good for half as much. You don't you have, have to, be, to be twice as good to half as much. You don't just have to be tragic. You've mm-hmm. got to be like super duper, mm-hmm. impenetrably tragic and have a narrative that they can latch on to oh look you know raised in the hard streets of i mean this is this actually is one of my favorite criticisms about dc characters at large when it comes to uh black folk or other poc raised in the hard streets of so-and-so they use their basketball skills to become a superhero and save their community that's the dc <laughs> that? that's every single dc character superhero or uh, a uh, black hero ever <laughs> Seriously, ever is that but, cyborg's backstory? I don't know. I don't know. That's DC I mean, comics. I'll, John, I'll go ahead and, John really needs to know. The I'll go ahead and talk that. about. I'll go ahead and throw Marvel under the bus for this one. That's arguably to some degree Luke Cage's story. Yeah, but I mean, you have to give a little. I mean, that was that was what in the 1950s, no, 1960s, no, no, no. And, no, no, maybe I, like I'm more just saying, modern day. The, the, the point I'm trying to make has to like, do with the pervasiveness of narrative, i.e., yeah. the degree to which a given series of events clings to a narrative defines how I mean, people conceive. Storm was from Harlem. Well, so. Egypt via Harlem, but yes, we're, we're on the same page. Yeah. But regardless, well, I mean Harlem, literally. <laughs> yes, people's expectations uh, are dependent upon what they perceive to be the collective narrative instead of individual experiences that they've had and not recognize those individual experiences can have jack and fuck all right. to do with the narrative but those if you are can anomalies. It loosely around the narrative if you can make it adhere to that bell curve or whatever curve in some fashion then the curve takes precedence over the narrow over the person's actual lived experience so whatever some sexual assault takes place, if the victim doesn't act a certain way, if the victim doesn't if like not, show the appropriate level of sympathy yeah. or, or or humility, doesn't have bruises, exactly. Cuts. Unless it fits, this, uh, uh, unless if the rapist is wearing violent, a, it wasn't an assault. Yeah, if she unless they're wearing a striped the, shirt, asks ask for the rapist to wear a condom. All these things, unless it adheres to the strict narrative of the way these things are supposed to take place, then no one's going to acknowledge that whatever assault, be it a sexual assault or a racist assault or a gay bashing assault or whatever, has taken. In place. If she or he knew the victim or knew the rapist, then it mm-hmm. wasn't a rape. But yeah, so again, to hook back onto what uh, Nezu was talking about earlier, the importance of artists and the ways in which they craft narratives and the ways in which we as society adhere to those narratives should not be undercut. And that's one of the reasons why the fucking fascists go for the artists first. Well, it's because they want control over the narrative. Another news story that was big this week that should have been bigger was our labor secretary, Acosta. Is it Acosta? Is that, is that oh, his name? And yeah. Epstein? Is, is, is it Jim Acosta or is that the CNN guy? Jim Acosta is the CNN reporter. His last name is Acosta. I don't recall yeah. his first name, but yes. Um, one thing that I've noticed on nearly every single news uh, reporter that, that's mentioned Epstein before, and I don't know why, but it really bugs me. Whenever they talk about sex trafficking or anything that involves somebody, a minor, they'll say it, they'll frame it in such a way where it's either sex with an underage girl mm-hmm. 
or uh, sexual abuse and not fucking rape not rape i don't know why why aren't they saying like that or exploitation what, or, or, or pedophilia exactly i just i don't understand why they're softening it see here's the thing and it's so important to to notice this is that when you move from one segment of society into another their language will change mm. like the things that offend them will change the the origin point and the vector of where they're shooting mm. will change. And so you will walk into a... Uh, um, I don't know how often you guys actually walk into a room full of a uh, hundred conservatives. Have you ever walked into a room of a hundred Trumpists? I've been because, to a church before. No. So. No, like, <laughs> like in, in the past three years, have you walked into a room of a hundred Trumpists? I like can't card, say I have. No. In the past three years, I have intentionally avoided those kind of environments. Uh, so trade wa- shows I, is the closest I get where I can't my, tell. My I walk into the waiting room party. of my clinic Ooh, every oh, day. Oh, wait, like shit. I've been to a couple of retirement homes in the last few weeks, so maybe. So. I, uh, I feel like I, I meet maybe... More Trumpists than... But as far as, like, you know, bonafide hostile territory per se, I think is what she's referring to. But the language, You know where I work. Yeah, I know where you work. <laughs> but the language that they wield, and you will actually be able to hear, because we all uh, get our information from our segment of the internet. I said this to your sister once, mm. is that we're all diplomats from our part of the internet. Mm-hmm. That we are the face, we are the homepage of the network of the part of the internet that we wander through. And you We are individualized connect homes made manifest. Accurate. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, um but yeah, but you will actually hear in the language whether and who people cite as their uh, uh, intellectual progenitors whether you're going to have a problem. Right? You know this, like where you start prickling and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to have a problem mm-hmm. with this person." Uh, and one of the craziest things to me is that, so I, I'm going to go ahead and admit it. I had just a knockdown drag out with my mother about Jesse Smollett. Mm. I was like, yeah, I was, was it like, literal. Did you actually no. knock her out and drag her <laughs> no, I am, into the street? No, 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 never. Not in a million years would I be actually aggressive towards well, my no, mother. Well, no, because you're not a Trump supporter. <laughs> But wow. like <laughs> you were I think- have empathy. You were thinking it, I just said it. But it was the weirdest thing. She didn't know what Maga meant. Mm. She didn't. And she, she As is- in Kramaga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but geez. but all of a sudden Sorry. you're calibrated to this is a language that liberals use to feel a little bit better, to make fun of the because we have to survive. Mm-hmm. Because we are in a roulette of predation and it's stressful like everyone is on guard and it and you just don't drop your yeah you're just alert and it's a level of alertness that just penetrates everything so we'll joke and and you'll see that's literally the definition of comedy right there yeah but like but i was talking to my mom and she was like what's maga what Mm. is that and i was like oh conservatives don't Use this. It's too hashtaggy. Uh, older people, they're just not literate. And so you start realizing, because one of the things is that I don't have the ability to get too uh, 
what's the word subversive like i have to i have to be really careful because i have like old vets from oakland and like i hate to admit it but like card carrying uh sons of the confederacy like right up in my family Mm. like just that is what right up in there yeah that's real close and so uh, um so i have to be very careful about uh, um like creating a and I like to call it a why you hitting yourself scenario. <sighs> like you cannot point part of your family at another part of your family and make them hate one another and you just it's my responsibility to be calm. Like essentially what I consider my job is to not drop out and continue being a game developer and to be calm when things are just batshit. These are like these are my job for the next season of my life. And uh, um, because I I can't cause alarm, like I, I must, I must deescalate because and encourage conversation. Yeah, I I actually do that during calmer times. Officially, like I can't encourage conversation right now. The conversation mm. immediately goes to you're in a survival mode. This is we're gonna yes. do the it's basics, which is my my family is literally de-escalate. too blended. It's it's just it. I cannot point my family at itself so the next wedding comes up the table arrangements will be extraordinarily complicated (laughs) (laughs) or it's just a really small wedding there you go (laughs) but yeah like it's i wish i could show everyone how tangled like we have these ideas of, of what closets look like right and i was talking with um he just left. Ryan. Ryan, thank you. I was talking with Ryan about uh, soft closets, and I was talking with you about what a soft closet is, is how you show your face to some people, but and but you don't show your face to everyone, and you kind of like let people in in kind of uh, a gradient. And I think in 2019, when we can sit here and, you know, talk openly about safe sex and putting condoms on our, our sex toys. And, and essentially, we can get really lewd comfortably. Mm. Like, and we can get because really... no one listens to this podcast. <laughs> People listen. <laughs> but either way, but you can get really real comfortably. And so sometimes we forget, kind of like uh, my cousin lives in a legal state, and she has texts to her phone um, of deals for uh, legalized cannabis. Oh, okay. Like, it like text to her phone about sales in a legal state. And I'm like, I'm never going to be able to train this woman to be paranoid. I'm never going to be able, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to train this woman to be careful and to not be a liability to the rest of her network because she's too comfortable in a legal state. Like, and so you're just too uptight, man. I'm so oh, uptight. <laughs> I do not. I, I am the most corseted. Uh, like, <laughs> I do not exhale like <laughs> person you could the possibly The fact that you use the term corseted tells me that you're not the most uptight also, person. Oh, no, that's, that's extra hot. And let's, right. let's not forget that part of the fun of the corseting is the, A, the release of the corset, and B, that's arguably BDSM as a nutshell. Is like, careful, and the, and careful. the fact that a, a woman needs another person I'm there. I'm just saying, you know, They careful. can't be like totally independent. Or and D, how hot. cool it is that it makes the organs shift. I'm just saying, careful stay Staging and or constriction and release is the essence of BDSM. Just saying. (laughs) But either either way, like, so we think about closets as a thing of the past a lot of the time. People our age, like, right? Like, we have have had such a 
season of plenty. We really have. We have we have lived Pox Americana shit. Yes, but yes. Mm. Yes though. Like um, Rome will fall, yo. <laughs> Thank you uh, for that. I really appreciate that winter will come attitude of yours. Mm-hmm. Winter is coming attitude. Yeah, but like, brown folks, been, brown folks, and women been that shit for a while. You I know, know. <laughs> but but either way, like we don't realize how many people still hold closets. We don't realize how many people's families are still secret. We don't realize how many people like have shifting and modular, um, you know, networks. Uh, and, and because of this, we have the ability to point swords at each other. We have the ability to be like, you're an enemy, you're a dick, I'm going to take you out. And we have to tap our brakes on that as best we can. We have to deescalate ourselves. I really think one of the worst things we could do is, but I mean, I, I'm the hippy dippiest. Well, I mean, honestly, it sounds like what you're what you're protesting is people operating as though we're in a zero sum game in an environment of abundance, which is arguably the I, I would say one of the core issues of capitalism and one of the supposed uh, arguments against socialism is it must always it must 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 always be a hierarchical zero sum game, even when every single indicator of the amount of resources that a given population has means that you don't have to do that but when the game is rigged so that the degree to which you can be decadent the degree to which you can have someone be subservient to you the degree of opulence you can project and show off your status is indeed not just your self-worth but your moral worth Mm. then there's it's really hard to come with other solutions you know as people are constantly trying to stack themselves against each other and ingratiate themselves to the upper classes be they like trumpian or whoever else hey if i'm a little bit nice to you hey if i do you this one favor then i won't be the person at the bottom of the totem pole maybe you'll like you know cut me a casual 5k 10k 5000k 500k whatever because you have that at your disposal and hence ensconce me among the bourgeoisie or upper middle class or whatever else and keep me safe from being a groundling then it's all well and dandy as opposed to recognizing that Number one, no matter how much of that supposed currency, moral or otherwise, that you have, you will still not feel or be any better. And number two, there's literally enough for everybody to have enough to be okay. But also what I'm trying to communicate is how tangled we are. Mm. Is that like the bourgeoisie and the the vice class, they talk. I mean, obviously, like because of the, what is it, the the grinder numbers during uh, Republican conventions. Oh, yeah. Every single fucking time. I know, time. I know. But like, so, but that's a tell. And so we have data to see these tells, but like, it doesn't have to be a convention for mm. it to be a, uh, you know, a Fat Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like, we are all in each other's houses. Mm-hmm. We're just not very honest. I've talked to Republicans. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. no. I was just gonna say I've talked to plenty of Republican women. They're just like, yeah, I mean, abortions are cool and all, but um, all the rest of this means more to me, or this social status means more to me, or whatever else, or the fact that rich folks get abortions in a fashion that has nothing to do with the way poor folks get abortion does. No, again, abortion does. No rich woman goes to a Planned Parenthood for a fucking abortion. It's literally a whole different schema. So hence, they're not taking any skin off of any of their noses. I mean, obviously, like the the rich, they're detached. They do not cross a line that like my, uh, oh gosh, I shouldn't out my sister like this, but I was going to say she's never been on public transit. 
Mm. And that is so normal uh, for people to have like such a lack of um, proletariat, everyday person, like, hi, how are you contact? Yes. And so, so like, they're so detached. They're they're beyond, and you can see them because now they vomit their entire brain via tweets, and so you can actually see just how detached they are. But of course, they're detached when you live beyond a tollway, when you grow up in a gated neighborhood uh, with a school of thirty people, with a school of eight people that is all curated to one worldview, and God picks you because He loves you best, mm. like. Of course, they're detached from reality. So they're they're faux old school Old Testament Jews. <laughs> if but, I if I'm interpreting the overall message correctly, then this is uh, relevant. And if it if I'm not, then it isn't. And I've just I'm going to waste five minutes of your time. But I am reminded every day that. So okay, so so with my job, I will when somebody comes up um, as. Um, a walk-in. They want to be seen. I will go through their records first to see what I'm working with. And then I go out and I look at this packet that they fill out and says, what's your problem? And, you know, more sensitively than that, what's your problem? <laughs> um, uh, you know, like, what, what drugs are you taking? What drugs have you taken? Have you had a substance abuse problem? How much alcohol do you drink? Uh, you know, do you have kids? How many kids do you have? You know, all this stuff. Are people uh, honest on those questionnaires? Because um, back when I would drink, I mean, how would I? Know? I would not tell my doctor how much I would drink. <laughs> how how would I know? I would say I no one idea. or two glasses a week. When it was really like one or two glasses a oh, night. Yeah. My doctor definitely does not know how much I drink. But um, nobody's doctor. <laughs> nobody. Uh, but so you know, I go through this stuff and I've read their chart and I'm and I have a picture of this person and sometimes I'm like. You know, I read through their remote data, and I'm like, oh, this this dickhead, you know. <laughs> and then I go out, and I bring this person into my office, and almost every time, I am wrong. Mm. Almost every time. Even if it's somebody I'm like, oh, you know, cool, whatever. Bring him in. Almost every time. And I've been doing this for like, I don't know, something in the the same field for like 12 years. I've been doing this forever. And I'm still wrong all the time. Yeah. And I can... Behold the power of narrative. Right. I can almost always, and I have limited time with them, I can almost always feel like we can establish some kind of like middle ground rapport yeah, so we can get the job done, whatever it is. And, and so what I think the point of what we're talking about is is that we're not as divided actually as we believe we are. And if we realize that, then maybe it would not be so... No, it's weird. The older I get, the more divided I want to be. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I wish, like I wish there was a gay There's island that science. I could just move to and just though. live with all the gay people. I, I thought that. it was the opposite. And I thought it was like, we're in high school, like, rage people against bullshit. them. No, 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 this is the deal. This is the deal, okay? The way, I mean, and, and I'm this, just getting this, old. This is, this, this is a combination of science and my own personal interpretation of the above. But to be clear about, to, to respond to both of your points, um, Megan, to respond to your point, 
when you have literally no groundwork because all you have is whatever you watched growing up and your parents and your cartoons and stuff and things, and things occur that are outside of that matrix that seem to be absolutely all-encompassingly important and you must conform to, then yes, you pick one for the sake of safety and having a fundamental grounding to work from. So you cling to whatever tropes, genres and or clicks that make the most sense to you because that clearly because there are people outside of your household you you were raised in that say this is a thing and you value their experience more than your parents experience oh definitely it's your individualized (laughs) experience as opposed to what your parents told you so i get what you're saying as far as that um let's not conflate intensity of desire to belong to something with I now know who I am and what I want and I want no variance from that. Those are two different things. Does that make sense? Uh, well, I mean, I I, uh, I welcome the day that I feel like I know who I am. Well, uh, but, 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 that but, but, will but be you know really more, something. But you know more at, at, at your age now than you did at age like, you know, 15, See, 14, 13. And this is the thing is that I keep feeling like the older I get that I'm at the height of my ignorance. Like, every single day, as things become more and more surreal, that whole everything is everything feeling. And that's the difference. That's the difference. Is, and, and, and I'm glad you still feel that way. That you're still understanding and learning and open to things. But the facts are that the older you get, you get when you're young, those boundaries are still permeable. Mm. But the older you get... You know, based on how varied your experiences were when you were younger, that determines the bounds by which, like, you know, you're a zero to a thousand versus like a negative two through a seven. If you're like 80 something years old and the best thing that you liked that you ever tasted was fried chicken and Diet Coke and white bread, then you're going to die thinking fried chicken, Diet Coke and white bread were the best thing ever. Oh my gosh, I so have friends that hate fresh food. This is my point because that's the thing you were raised on. That's the thing you've ever, you, the best thing you ever like. And that's the furthest bound you ever go astray from. That same philosophy can apply to art, can apply to music, can apply to clothing, can apply to uh, uh, gender, can apply to whatever. It, it, I mean, I don't mean to pick on food, but just insofar as like, don't look the, at me. I, <clears throat> I was trying to reassure, not condemn. But my point is that like, once you've established the boundaries of what you like, the older you get, the less and less you're prone to try things that exist outside of those boundaries. So unless you explore those boundaries to the best of your abilities when you're young, that shit fucking calcifies. Okay, to, to your, <laughs> that's just the way it your works. Point though, what you like, the older I get, the you know, more I realize I don't know. the The more of an a quote unquote adult I become the more I realize that there are no adults. So, mm-hmm. so you realize mm-hmm. that it's not just you that doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Exactly. It's fucking everybody. Even if they act like they know what's going We're on. We're all acting out nobody hoping no one notices. Has any, nobody's steering this fucking ship, man. Yeah. We are on our way to the iceberg. I would, argue that, I would argue that people are steering the ship, but they're steering the ship under the presumption of this is what they think both they themselves and everybody else wants. Well, yeah, that's, that's what a captain would do, right? Exactly. And, and, and th- Go that's that the, way. I mean, Probably. <laughs> Whatever. I, Go. I, 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 was, I was talking to Jesus recently, not the Godhead, <laughs> but, but, but the person, <laughs> about, the, about the difference between who people actually are and who they project and how dangerous that difference is depending on the amount of power there is invested in that particular Danger person. Danger to whom? 
danger to everyone else. Okay. Whereas, and themselves. And them, thank you. And themselves. Whereas like, hey, I believe this is for the good of blank. Um, even though I personally may think this is a bad idea, even though I personally may recognize this is not the best for me, or maybe it is the best for me, whatever. But it is, I'm making this sacrifice for, in the name of this thing. And that thing again, is divested from with their own personal values or what they personally think is oh, true yeah. or right. There, there's no such thing as altruism. Nobody does anything selflessly. I'm going to push against that Not ever in the slightest thing. because there is a, there's a certain positive feedback nah. loop there where you can do something that is both good for yourself and good for your community. Oh, yeah. that, that feedback loop is proof that there's no such thing as altruism. Yes! Okay, so I have a theory on this, and it's very like your Maslow's. Maslow's mm-hmm. hierarchy of needs is that so I was once given the statistic that 70k is the the mean that the the, the golden yes. goose for yes, an yes, income yes. yes for essentially like your, I'm comfy all yeah, your needs are met exa- yeah all your needs are met like anything as a single as, person or as a as, yeah as a as sing, part like of essentially a your family. salary you okay. can pay your rent you can have luxury items but anything higher than 70k essentially is luxury. Like everything yeah. higher than seventy k is like you, which are. just feels terrible. <laughs> but either way, that I believe that altruism can exist, but not when you're in a manic scraping survival mode. Survival mode, dude. And I would. Mm, go ahead, and sorry. honestly, like there are still plenty of people in survival mode that try. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Like one of the most gallant people I know. Like right when Trumpism started, it was like. Nugs and ten dollar bills in every direction. I was like, "You do not have this to give out," but that's what he was up to. There's, I follow this Twitter account that's called Sugar Dad, and he says, "Hey, I'm about to give ten k to the first people that retweet this, like randomly to somebody. Uh, the first ten thousand tweets, I'm up there retweeting like a motherfucker. Yeah. Hell yeah, I follow that thing every single day. What's what's a retweet going to hurt me? It could possibly give me ten grand. It is. It, uh, Nobody my... knows who this person is, but so, people swear that they uh, this person actually does." contact them and say hey you're the lucky winner yeah. what's your Honestly, paypal so let's let's yeah. be clear here do you mean is an altruism with no tangible payback it means it's something with no tangible payback you get no, no benefit no benefit yeah I, i'm sorry there's I, no such thing i think there, there is this no i think it exists i uh, think people yeah, do good things for your good friend things that say. you're talking about i was altruistic the, today i saw a silver no, what are they weren't. called a silverfish one of those little bugs yeah little i and i saw him in my i turned my shower and i saw it and it was drowning i was like oh fuck and i fished it out because i'm you like it's not gonna hurt me i tried to save it fish? but then when i tried to save it i actually crushed it and i felt horrible <laughs> you know, I, I i honestly try not to kill anything you know what though spiders anything i what, I don't what you like thought it. you were going to get out of that was the good feeling of yeah. saving a being. Yeah, but then I killed it. And then it. you didn't. I and killed so it. then you didn't get that but feeling. But what, 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 what if there is no good feeling you get? What if it's something legitimately you, someone or something you legitimately dislike or hate? And you're still uh, safe why don't life? you give me an example? Oh, you know, people like some, like, they think of an actual, actual example. As you mean when you, like, one. donated to the Baptist church? Um, I have donated churches before, yes. Which churches? Um, I donated to the Mormon church a couple of times. Okay. I donated to a couple of Baptist churches, even though I don't agree with what they do. That's afterward? Bad. I like it's what they do that's you're good. You're telling me about it right now. So afterward, were you, were you like, um, you know what? I don't agree with this, but I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. Because they, I do, have a feeling. they do a lot of terrible things, but also do a lot of good things. Okay. So, so you're, you're, uh, 
your reward for that is feeling like you contributed to the good things that they do rather than the bad things. But this is why I'm asking about if it's a tangible reward. If you're trying to find like no, no, it any kind have to of be... payback ever whatsoever, no. it's impossible. It can I mean, be a feeling. We, we, we're literally talking about you know, uh, Newtonian style. Every single say, action has a reaction type say, thing. There is no congratulations. static action. Congratulations! This is one of like the oldest philosophical debates of man: is is there altruism? Oh, we're and gonna, or we're going to solve it but, but today. More, but, but more simpler than that. <laughs> but more, more simply than that. Pardon me. Is there anything you can do in the universe that does not create an effect? Be it in you or in the person you are attempting to affect. So condemning. The, the the fact that an effect occurs doesn't really seem to make much sense to me. Well, one thing we can do is wrap it up because oh, we're almost is, at two hours. It is oh, about wow. that time, isn't it? It's That's a long it's time. It's way past that time. All right. Yeah. But I will say, and, and bring it back around to the Jesse Smollett situation, is that if it does turn out to be in a court of law, considered a hoax that i still think he deserves empathy because somebody that's that's mentally well would not do something like that man they strung the motherfucker up a hell of a lot longer than the 20 plus years took them to catch fucking r kelly so i I don't even know god damn right i said fucking strung up in this case okay (laughs) but all i'm saying is that fucking r kelly man the, the finally arrested this week how long did it take them versus the mere minutes it took mm-hmm. them to decide it's time to arrest Jesse Smollett and bring him up on charges? So let's not forget. If we're going to talk about one that of the lens, reasons, let's be clear also about that lens. one other reason I think because they're being they were a so soft on Epstein the first go round and b soft on the excellent example is mm-hmm. how many rich people are connected to him and, and or how the justice system affects. We're it. talking yeah. about mm-hmm. Clinton. We're mm-hmm. talking about Trump. We're mm-hmm. talking about a whole bunch of other other motherfuckers that are very influential and very wealthy. Justice so of course, lost they're like, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to do anything bad. He wasn't even really in jail. I didn't know this. They said he was in jail for, I don't know, a short period of time. His quote jail was being allowed to go to his luxurious office during the day. He literally only slept in jail. Yeah, let's. The whole thing is disgusting. Let's be absolutely clear that there's two justice systems, if not more than two. I I I am surprised that the R. Kelly thing is like uh, finally moving, happening because Mm -hmm. if if there's uh, if there is a a demographic that is least likely to get their justice, it's black women Mm -hmm. and girls. Because mm-hmm. apparently it includes girls. Amber alerts are a thing, yo. Amber's always some blonde hair. Blue. Anyway, sorry. Let's no, go ahead. she actually had brown hair, Amber. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you for the question. The feature she song was this white, week though. is My Work is Full of Art by Pompoco. <laughs> Joy will be back will next week. Will you spell week. that, please? Pompoco? Yeah. Or, or My Work is Full of Art? No, no, just the... P-O-M space P-O-K-O. Oh, okay, okay. And to be clear, I can be reached at O underscore T underscore N underscore on the Twitters. Megan can be reached at Jeffrey Crayon. That's the weird English spelling of Jeffrey. Um, on the Instagrams and Meg the Merciless, should she ever choose to check her Twitter. John can be reached at John Lee Hart. That's the J-O-N-L-E-E-H-A-R-T spelling on both Instagram and the Twitters. We can be reached at letters at secretlytimid.com. Nizu, is there a particular methodology by which you would like to be reached and or followed and or stalked on the internets? Oh, uh, let's see here. Nezu draws on Twitter. There you <gasps> go. That's a solid I one. To, I you want to spell that? You. Spell yeah, that out. It's N-E-Z-U-D-R-A-W-S. Nezu draws. Got it. Excelente, por supuesto. Also, check out the Purpose Crispy podcast, which Please comes out it. weekly. Yeah. 
Because they cool. PCP. All right, there'll be links for things if I can ever put them in there. And um, yeah, y'all have the fun. Bye. Just let freak you surround me.